We're here starting your day right with Marketing Espresso, your marketing caffeine hit of the day. Hello, hello, hello. Thank you for joining me for another episode of Marketing Espresso. I'm so grateful you've chosen to listen to this podcast. It really does mean the world to me. So if you're loving it, make sure you talk about it, share it, do whatever you can to spread the word. I would appreciate that. Or just leave me a five-star review. That would be awesome. I hope you're having a really great week. I am. And I'm excited to bring to you today two very special guests. That's right. Two in an episode. I don't think we've done that before. So this is a bit exciting. And that is Nikki and Ness. Now, with decades of experience in leadership and sales and having run their own successful coaching businesses since 2015, Nikki and Ness help women and non-binary owned service-based businesses with teams move from chaos to business clarity in just 30 days. They're obsessed with helping business owners release the weight of expectations of how they should be doing business so they can actually thrive in their business. They are both hands-on mentors, so you really get to tap into their experience and perspective of not only one, but both their business minds. Their corporate and small business experience means they bring their clients both the big picture thinking, including systems and structures, of corporate alongside agile on-the-ground thinking of small business. The challenges they see most often are business owners getting stuck in the busy trap and having to juggle all the balls, resulting in business chaos. So they obviously help these business owners turn that all around. So if that's resonating with you, then all their details are going to be in the show notes. So I highly recommend that you reach out to them. Now, today we are talking all things budgets and finance, which seems so, I guess, so far from marketing. (laughs) I never worked in a business where finance loved us, but that's okay. Today we get to explore that uh, with Nikki Ness. So without further ado, here they are. Ness and Nikki, we have you here with us today. This is awesome. How are you? How are you both? Really good. Really so good. good. We are pumped and we are so excited to be here talking to you today, Beck. I'm so excited to have both of you here. And it's a bit different to have two of you. Yeah, this, we haven't done this before. So it's a three-week chat. I love this. I think it's good, good energy, good vibes. And I think today's topic is super important because, I mean, I always talk about marketing, talk about like, you know, spending how we should spend money, how we should look at return investment. But I'm loving the fact you guys are going to come from it sort of from the different point of view of like profitability in the business. And this is something very different and a very different topic for Marketing Espresso. That's why I'm so excited you guys agreed to come on because I think it's something that so many people don't look at in their business and then they think they can't spend money on marketing or they don't know where to spend money. So I'm just going to let you guys take it away and kind of give us your thoughts on this. Absolutely. Well, I'm really happy to get us started on this. It's a little bit of a passionate kind of like soapboxy thing around particularly women in business. I'm speaking to you ladies. Understand the finances in your business. What we find is a lot of people that we work with, they go into business because they're great at what they do and they don't have accounting degrees and they kind of fubble their way through with the money stuff. And often when you start out, it's part of your, you know, personal, there's no split between personal business. It gets really messy. And I'm such a big believer in stop avoiding and get your head out of the sand and look at your figures because we make such a huge difference out there, difference out there in the world with whatever we bring to the world, whatever our service or specialty is, that we want to be sustainable, but we're also not here for a hobby, right? Mm. So when it comes to understanding your finances and understanding and being purposefully profitable, there is more money to go around. 
And especially when it comes to budgeting money around areas in the business, like investing in marketing. I don't know what you find with your customers, Beck, but sometimes people look through the lens of I've got to cut back. Yeah, I hear that all the time, especially, you know, I think there's been a lot of uncertainty in the last two years. Like we all know that. It's not like I'm saying anything that's groundbreaking there. But I think the first thing a lot of businesses think straight away is we need to cut back costs. So that's, you know, that's the marketing stuff because it's not really bringing us a return investment anyway. And that's sort of how they look at it because they haven't a, tracked it correctly and they don't actually understand if it is bringing them a return. And so they have no concept of, of what they're doing or they're not looking at their numbers yeah. and they're not, like they're just not trained to kind of go that deeper into what is the return investment, which, and, and you know, straight away people, I think that's the thing when you, when you are looking to cut back, it's always, I find like tech that you don't need, um, mm. but maybe you actually do need it. Like, you know, if you've implemented that CRM, but not implemented it well, well, I would say turbocharge it and put more time and energy into that because that will bring you a return investment rather than constantly cutting back. I know for myself, I did a bit of a, like, where have I been wasting money in my business? And I did have a lot of tech that was um, questionable. But I also then, you know, as a guideline, I always say to people, 10% of your profit should at least go back into your marketing. Like you should have a budget there for your marketing. I don't know. What do you, what do you think about that? Well, I think the first thing is, do you understand how profitable your business is in order to be able to even get to that 10%? Yeah, totally, totally. And when it comes to expenses, so I do believe that part of the big picture of um, finances in your business is to look at your expenses and make intentional decisions around your spending. Because sometimes, don't know about you, but I've signed up for stuff like gym memberships and then, well, actually, no, I go to the gym, but my son, I'll throw him in the deep end. He's paid for a gym membership, has been three times. And I keep saying, are you going to cancel that? He goes, oh, I've got to wait till Christmas. So it's those things in the business that like, is this actually getting it like leading me towards my goal? Is it making a difference? Is it making my life easier? And is there a return on investment? Not looking at your figures and if you don't understand the profitability of your services and and your business as a whole, then how are you going to be able to to answer that question around yeah. how much do I reinvest to put in? And and like you said, Beck, understanding and, and looking at them so that you can make a an informed choice around what is the actual return on this. Because sometimes I think we invest in things in business and we can't specifically link it to a client. Mm. So I know that there are people that are uh, have called us out of the blue and they've seen our website and they followed us on LinkedIn and, you know, like if we've done paid advertising and, but we don't know that till months later. Yeah. Yeah. They come back to us and go, oh, you know, I've been looking at all these things and I look at, well, we're investing in all of that. Yeah. And it's normally the last, it's so funny because someone's journey is generally a lot longer than that last touch point. But the (laughs) thing that they remember is the last touch point. It's not. It, you know, it could be the Google ad or it could be the Facebook ad, but it's like, actually, no, I've been following you, as you said, for months. Like it, I always say this with marketing, it's a long game and yeah. you're right. It, you don't have to also invest thousands into it if you don't have that yet. But as I, I mean, I'm always going to say it's something you should be doing. You should be investing something in, whether it's, that is actually just a, a dollar value of your time. Um, so if I'm, you know, if I'm, I'm in business, I've been, you know, I've always been in business three years. I think I'm pretty good with my numbers, <laughs> but now I'm questioning everything. But, you know, but I obviously was, I was brought up with a dad that was like, I'm going to say a massive tight ass. So he taught us like numbers from literally he would circle the electricity bill and write divide by five and put it on our beds so that we understood how much we were costing him every week. Wow. Um. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, 
I actually think that was the biggest gift he could give us, right? Because we had an education in money, which I think a lot of people don't have these days. And mm. it is easier to just bury your head in the sand and be like, I'm not going to look at my credit card debt. I'm not going to look at this. I'm not going to look at that. But I think it's really important to, to, so where would you say someone starts with this whole, even if it's just putting in place a budget for your business or or putting in place a way to see, to find out what your profit is? Well, I think there's a couple of important things here. One is that sometimes we think, oh, my accountant looks after that and therefore you've abdicated all responsibility for finances in your business because you, you're putting your trust in someone else. Mm. is great and you still need to understand the figures in your business. So one of the things that I, I do, Nikki does, and we encourage all of our clients to do is regular money dates. So on a money date, uh, I do mine on the 1st and the 15th of every month. Nikki does hers based on the moon cycle. Like it's oh, really I love that, Nikki. <laughs> We're just so different in our approaches <laughs> to money. I'm very kind of logical and structured and Nikki is much more big picture. She loves journaling. So we have a very different approach, but the commitment is there twice a month to actually sit down and go through and look at our finances and, and have a look at things like the profit and loss statement to see how much is our of our income? Are we spending? You know, what's Mm. left over? Where are we investing that? And also looking at, you know, the kind of like boring financially stuff like a balance sheet and just regular things that you do, making sure you've got your money allocated into the different accounts. So every bit of money in the business has a purpose. Yeah, You know what that purpose is and you're welcoming more and more of it into the business, but it's going somewhere and it's doing something for you and really keeping it top of mind. Am I paying myself a wage? And is that wage, you know, worthy of the input I'm putting into the business. And if I'm not, what's my plan to increase the amount I'm paying myself? So I would say a brilliant starting point is uh, is a money date. And we've just, oh, I've just created recently uh, a money date checklist, which your listeners oh, are very well. I love that. Yeah. yeah, we'll put that in the show notes. Definitely. Absolutely. And it just gives you a guideline of what are the things to do on these two money dates. And you can tick it off when you've done it because we all love checking off those. Um, oh, highlighting. Yeah, absolutely. Done it, uh, done and dusted. And what you'll find by doing that is you'll know where the gaps are. Mm. If you don't understand how to interpret a profit and loss statement or a balance sheet, that's when it's time to go and talk to your accountant, pick up the phone, get that minimal level of understanding because every business owner ideally knows what their profit and loss statement is and what the balance sheet is and and have some sort of cash flow budgeting, which you can often do through that accounting software, but also, you know, you can do it in a bit more elaborate way with spreadsheets and that if you're into that kind of thing. Yeah, I've got, personally, I've got a spreadsheet where I have like every subscription that I know that I pay for and I've just got it there. And then I also have every dollar that I know is coming into my business. And even though I've, yes, I've, I use the accounting software too, right? Like, but it's just another way to kind of have an overall view of, well, if I'm spending this much every month, cause I have to, cause these are literally programs and things that I need within my business. How much do I need to earn every month? The only other distinction I'd love to add in there is, you know, this is what it's going to cost me each month to run my business. This is how much profit I want to make. And profit could be your income. Yeah. It could be the profit that you leave in the business. Those two together equals the income target that you're going for. Because sometimes I think the income that we receive, we often match our spending to that level. So there's this mindset around, well, it evens out once you take your expenses off. But what Mm. I would love people to be thinking about is actually I'm going to be intentional about setting my target based on the expenses that I currently have and as I grow, but also the profit margin I want to bring into the business. Yeah, because I I do profit first. So I take 
profit out. I don't know if anyone's read that book that's listening, but I I recommend it. I don't know about do you guys have you guys read that book? Do you like that book? Is it something? Do you hate it? Absolutely. Uh, yeah, <laughs> a bit of both. I love the book, and it works whilst you have a good cash flow and. Yeah. and not all up and down, but so I had that all set up and all my percentages and I loved it. And then when my cash flow dropped, it became, well, I've got no profit to put away. So yeah. uh, so I found it really hard. So I think in some ways, there's some brilliant aspects of that book that gets you thinking around the different, like I was saying, you know, the purpose of money and having the different accounts where you can spread it around. But on the flip side of that, what happens to, how do you even out your cash flow challenges is yeah. probably the bigger question. So you've got that profit first to put away. And especially yeah. it depends on where you are in your journey in your business. Uh, because three years ago, it might've been a very different situation for you than what it is now. Oh, totally. Actually, to be honest, my three years ago, cause I was doing quite heavy contract work. My life looked very different to how it does now. Whereas now I've got actually less I've got less knowledge of exactly what every single month will look like. Whereas yes. back in the day, I was like, yep, cool. It'll be, it'll look like this. And and look, I always include my wages as spent in as, as an expense in my yep. business because I'm like, well, I want to earn that. And that's non-negotiable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I have to bust my ass <laughs> if, you know, if I need to. I think the other interesting thing about this is, and I love hearing all this is, this is definitely Ness's wheelhouse. And I'm always just mesmerized even hearing again. And and the reminders, because the other thing is about this, looking at that future growth piece and then bringing in a sales element, the revenue targets, like all of these things need to be considered when you're setting your revenue targets, which I know we're going to talk about the sales in a little bit uh, further on, but um, that future growth piece. So it doesn't have to be static and limited. It's really mm. looking at it's something that's worked for us in the past as well could be good, better, best targets or, um, you know, how do you grow? How do you use this? And how do you find these processes in a way that works for you? Like we gave the example, it, we've got a, a bone structure with the money date, but it has to be something that is enticing for you to actually show up and do. The money date checklist is amazing. The processes are great. The zero, the profit first. But I think a really important distinction here also is what action do you take around that and not letting fear make your decisions for you. So yeah. looping back to the beginning of this conversation around fear is driving decisions. There has been and there is so much uncertainty and there kind of often is in business anyway. So take a step back and I would love for the listeners to kind of think, well, am I making these decisions about where I'm investing my money from a place of fear, from a place of scarcity or from a place of growth and abundance? Yeah. It's not a set and forget. It's a continual tap in and and tweak and grow. And I think that's that's um, really important to consider. Yeah, I love that. And as someone that absolutely hates numbers, like honestly, I, the first conversation I had when I started my business was with an accountant because I was like, I can't do my accounting. I actually can't. Like mm -hmm. I just, I'm marketing. I've always had, but I knew that I needed to have basic things set up and know my my numbers. I knew that that was a non-negotiable. Otherwise, how can you possibly know if you're doing well? And also yeah. how can you then set targets for yourself? Yes. Um, which, you know, I think the target thing I still struggle with, to be completely honest, because I'm like, oh, you know, we'll just see how it goes. <laughs> but yeah. like, I know the base that I want. And then it's like, I think the first three years in business, it's probably not uncommon to kind of have that, like, let's just see how this goes. Like, but now I'm like, nah, you know, I'm really serious about this and I know how I want to grow it. So it's a very different mindset, but yeah. I absolutely love that. Like being in like you can read all these things, but they mm. mean nothing if you don't sit down and actually mm. do it and, and implement. And the money date sounds delightful. Can you have treats while you're doing that? You can treats. have. Oh my God, yes. 
anything. Like it's great because it's so, like I said, so we, we do it so differently, but the outcome is the same. And the outcome is, well, I speak for myself, who is someone who I've only just started doing money dates after working with Netness, but you know, like I've had a business for almost eight years and all of that. And I do what I have to as a minimum from the numbers point of view and definitely focusing on sales targets and all of that. But I've found a way that is so enjoyable. And, and the outcome is to walk away feeling confident in your business, regardless of the uncertainty around it. You know, I think one of the things I've learned personally over the years as someone who's not naturally this way inclined is that the knowledge and transparency, and I have to say, actually, Ness is my money coach, and she has helped me so much with this, just even in the last two years, the transparency of knowing what you're dealing with instead of the avoidance or the kind of bury your head in the sand there's almost something internally that that feels like, oh, I don't want to know, but it's better to know. Mm. And even when the numbers are great or the numbers are um, more challenged or whatever it is, I don't know, that's the biggest outcome, I think, in terms of understanding, finding a process that works for you, getting the support and help that you need, whether that's with an accountant or a money coach, because yeah. it's kind of, to me, that that logical process aspect and then my, uh, mindset, money beliefs, the shit that comes up from childhood, friends. Like, you know, those limiting beliefs. I grew up in low socioeconomic areas. Like I'm still working on so much around that. Yeah. Um, or if you didn't, there's other challenges. I think yeah, like for that's... me, there's because obviously they're like my dad being a tighter. Yes. In my family, we like I'm the one that spends yeah. and but my mom was probably an overspender. So yeah. I've got like two ends of the spectrum and I'm like, my and my sister always says to me, she's like, you're really bad with money. And I'm like, ah, wow. <laughs> I'm just bad with money because like, you know, you and like my brother and her are very, like very stringent savers. Like they are like all about saving money. Whereas I'm all of like, well, you're going to die one day. I don't want, I don't want my bank account to be too ridiculous <laughs> and have not lived my life. So there's like a happy medium that sometimes I definitely fall into the like, stop living your life so much Beck. <laughs> and then there's also the like extreme saver, but you're right. There's this whole, I'd never really heard about money mindset until I started this whole like business journey, which I think is personal development journey actually. Yes. Uh, and it really <laughs> uncovered for me. I was like, wow, no wonder I, cause I'd always been told I was bad with money. So yeah. I just believed I was bad with money and that's just not the case. I'm actually quite good with money, but because of my whole life I'd been told that I overspent and that I wasn't good at saving. And I'm like, you can save, but you also need to enjoy life. Like there's a happy medium there, you know? And this is, I love hearing that because this is why, you know, just setting a budget, there's, there's the accounting side of the world that goes, you need a budget on a spreadsheet. But as, you know, Nikki's discovered, um, that never worked for her. You've got to find what works for you and don't under-influence the stories we tell ourselves or that other people tell us that we believe. Because I actually hear that too. I'm not good with money. When you think about it, that is a really bold statement because yeah. are you giving yourself the opportunity to be good? And what does it mean? What does I'm not good with money mean? Well, that's a description of someone who has a very different approach to managing money than you do. Correct. Right? Or is it wrong? No. But what matters is avoiding it's going to feed the belief mm. that you're not good with it, but then having a money date twice a month in whatever you know style works best for you and finding what works best for you you can actually start to unravel that old story and realize that actually that's just a belief that can be changed because look at me go, I'm having money yeah. dates twice a month. I know where my money is in my business and I know 
how I can invest to grow my business. Yeah. I think that that if we can bring it back to the purpose of what we do and how we impact other people's lives by what we do, we need to get that voice out and that message out to as many people as possible. So being bad with money, if that's going to stop you from living your purpose, we've got to get rid of that shit. Yeah, I love that. Yeah, I think one of the key things for me is I need to have these money dates because the other thing I always told myself, because this year I had a lot of financial stuff come up personally that I couldn't avoid with my sick dog, right? I hadn't got insurance. It cost me a bomb. Anyone that's had a sick pet is probably like going, yeah, I feel you back. I just bought a house. <laughs> like it was, you know, my year's been very challenging money-wise. And it's it has actually forced a lot of this stuff to come up and, and be like, actually, no, like I've done incredibly well considering the circumstances. I kept saying to myself, it doesn't actually matter what the reality is because it's the reality. And by ignoring it or being fearful of it, it doesn't change the reality. So you're better off just just facing up to it, being like, okay, cool. What would I do differently? What have I learned from this? You know. Pet insurance might be a good option, <laughs> is what I've learned. Um, but also, you know, and it's it's about like, well, that was what that money was there for anyway for a rainy day. So, you know, and I also wouldn't have changed anything that I did. But it was that whole, I think the money date thing, it's like it forces you to show up mm-hmm. and whether it's a good, bad, awesome situation, whatever's in front of you, you can start working with it. And then yes. you can decide, do I need a money coach? Do I need an accountant? Do I need a bookkeeper? Like, what does my life need to look like? Because we all have the ability to change our money story. Yeah, so true. And this links again back to that uncertainty. The uncertainty is going to be there. The fear is going to be there. So if we can face it and create a simple process or or, um, ritual, actually, I like that, you know, a ritual around this, then that certainty of the money date can help move through the fear and the uncertainty. And I think so many, if we've been in business through the pandemic, we know what impact it can have on our cash flow. We know how the world can change like that. Yeah. Everything you think is just like, oh, it's guaranteed, I'm guaranteed, guaranteed, not anymore. So when we are thinking about the future, and I think everybody, like for me as well, I heard the message about the emergency fund for rainy days, whatever we call it. It wasn't until uh, that first year of pandemic hit and it impacted my previous business quite significantly that I went, oh, I knew about it and I got it logically. I just didn't do the implementation yeah. shit. And so now it's around, okay, well, as long as I've got that three to six months ahead in business and personal expenses, there's that, there's, that allows for less scarcity mindset because you kind of looked after. So I have a dog too, but I have pet insurance and it's that whole (laughs) thing around if something happened, of course you're going to find money to make it. Totally, It's a no brainer, but having thought that through, you know, realizing that this, how much it is every fortnight is worth it. Mm -hmm. And I think that's the same in business. It's looking at looking at your finances and realizing, well, what's going to move me forward towards the goal that I have life or business. And, and how can I actually make sure that I'm covered for that? So the insurance policy in business really is around how can you market effectively so that you are seen and people are attracted to you? And we don't do the roller coaster. Yes. yes. That's the the roller coaster. It's bad, it, it's bad yeah. from a financial point of view. It's bad from a sales point of view. It's bad from a marketing point of view. Yeah. It's just bad. <laughs> It is just bad. And I think um, the overlaying message I'd love to just add here as well is this, what are the cycles that you need to break in terms of your finance, your marketing, your sales, your business, your life? Like that's ultimately what all of this comes down to. Mm. 
you know, and by cycles, I mean, what are the patterns that have got you to success in the past that you need to repeat? And the cycles, the patterns that actually are not serving and keep you stuck. And again, it's not, you know, there's listeners that are going to be at varying phases and stages of cash flow and business. It might be that there's like a lot of challenges that you're dealing with. So what are the cycles that need to be stopped and broken, the patterns to help move through that? Or maybe you're stuck at an energetic income level or at a certain phase and you can't break through to the next. What are the cycles? Is it the, you know, systems? Is it the mindset? I think that's really important for us as business owners and just effective human beings to get curious about that in our business and our life around what what is stopping us. Yeah, I love that. Well, I think I think we've given lots of little nuggets today. I feel like it's very different for the podcast and it's gone a different <laughs> angle, which I think is important because I think finances, yeah, and from a marketing point of view, like I also think, yeah, know your numbers and know what's working for you too. And it all comes back to with your with your money date, maybe do your reporting at that time too. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. So here's the other thing around that. There's a money date checklist that you can get a hold of, but also look at that and go, what's missing from this and what do I need to add? Yeah. Oh, Beck, you could even include a little I know, maybe do a little re- reporting and how to actually make your systems talk to each other and have conversations. Yeah. Love it. Well, we could yes. talk for days on this. So I just want to thank yes. both of you for coming on and sharing this with the audience. I think it's been so important and I I just, yeah, I'm very grateful, very different point of view. And I love it because so many people are scared of finances, but I don't feel so scared anymore. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for having us. It's been wonderful chatting. Thank you, Beck, and for everyone listening. (laughs) 